GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and joining me, my two mutant co-hosts. <laughs> Hovercraft Joe. What up? And the Sphinx. LPJ, if you had to give me a mutant power, what would you give me? Death. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's coming, coming in hot as per usual. <laughs> yeah, what a dick move. Jeez. <laughs> I give you the power to like relive like your worst memory over and over again for eternity. How about that? I do every week. <laughs> guys i don't i don't think you understand how mutant powers work you're being very, very honestly, that makes sense. honestly i don't understand how mutant powers work i'm going to bring that up a little bit later but oh boy <laughs> rocky start no it's not rocky i'm just you know you're we very- did x-men x2 yeah sorry we should x2. probably read that x2 x-men united uh, for yeah. obviously the 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 year of the sequel. Uh, granted, we didn't do the first one. Uh, n- no, we d- we did. Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. we did. Don't even yep. remember. Yep, it was a it was it was a it was an episode with just you and me. Was it? Uh, oh, yeah. It, and it was. Oh. I, I was going to make mention of it because it was it was a recording <laughs> session where you were under the weather and your voice. Oh, that's been, right. Your voice had been getting progressively worse, and by the time we did that one, you sound like Tone Loke the whole episode. Yeah, so. I was pretty was delusional. Pro- <laughs> I was very delusional toward the end of that episode. I gotta say, you were probably so heavily medicated, you have no memory. He's like, I'm a Magneto. <laughs> 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 yep. But, uh, I want to ask something, though, because I always thought this was X2, X-Men United, but when I watched it on Disney Plus, it just had it listed as X2, and well, I swear the credits just said X2. That's because it didn't get named X-Men United until, like, the DVD release. Oh, well, I mean, I feel like it was on Disney Plus after it was out on DVD. So. Well, what I'm saying is, typically what they do is, like, it wasn't included in anything when the movie was released. Okay. Like, it wasn't called X2, X-Men United, until, like, later on. Okay. So I I have I have Wikipedia and IMDb up currently. And Wikipedia is just calling it X2 and IMDb is calling it X2 X-Men United. Yeah. So I find that kind of interesting as well. So Yeah, and I, and I don't even uh, I don't have it handy cuz I do have it on I have it on DVD and Blu-ray, but I watched it on Disney Plus. So I know that they just have it listed as X2. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> we're, we're really digging in on something that's not that I, You know what? Sorry. Didn't they have the? Because I know they did like the X Men one point five release DVD. I have that. And did they do a two point five? I don't remember. I don't know. No, I have the one point five. Yeah, because it's just like a bunch of extra crap that they added on. But I'm also getting a really crazy feeling of deja vu. Have we had a debate about this before about a different movie we've done? About what? Or am I? Or am I going crazy about what now? it's called? Yeah, the raid. 
Was it the raid? Yeah, the raid and the raid redemption. Okay. Yeah, there was a discussion about that because it is called the raid redemption, uh, but everywhere else it's just called the raid. But they changed right. the name. There is it here, so that must. That yeah. must be it. Who knows? I mean, we all are going crazy. So I mean, I don't think that's a. False We've seen thing, so many so. movies at this point for this podcast. <laughs> I mean, Xavier might be in our minds right now. Who the hell knows? Well, that was like, I mean, like this, this the, before we get dig into it, like I, today on, on the Discord, somebody asked us like, well, let's, what's the last like action movie you watched that wasn't for the podcast? And I was like, ooh, <laughs> like it took a while to think about it because I'm like, yeah, pretty much all the movies I watched now are ones that we have lined up for the podcast. So I did watch uh, X-Men 1.5 before I watched X2 because I, I, I was not on that episode, LPJ, just to remind you again. You were, you were there. I was not. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So, I mean, even though the two movies are not really related, I still wanted to, you know, kind of... It's been a long time since I had seen the, the first one. So. Well, I mean, I would counter that they are kind of related. They're the same characters and, you know, kind of continuing the plot from the first movie. Uh, sort of. I mean, you got the senator that returns. But kind of. It's not really him. Kind of. Exactly, right? So, anyway. Um, <laughs> I got the movie came out uh, May 2nd, 2003. Do you guys... Uh, what are your impressions of this movie? You guys remember first time you saw it or anything like that? Do I remember I mean, the first time we saw it? Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I know that... I, I know we saw it on opening night. Like, yeah. I know that... But I don't. I don't have a vivid memory or any like story attached to it. I know we saw it on opening night. I know I was excited to see it because I really did like the first one. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, like I said, kind of, I, I've seen this movie a ton. Uh, I own it on all different formats and uh, yeah, it wasn't sometimes the ones that I own, I'm like, Oh, I haven't watched it in a while, but I think I just watched this like, you know, less than six months ago. Cause they put it on Disney plus and I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. So. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we went opening night. I can guarantee you that. I know we did. And honestly, I think this might only be the fourth time I've seen this movie. <laughs> you're uh, you always surprise me with the number of times you've seen movies. <laughs> like, like I always think that you've seen it a bunch, and you're like, "This is my third viewing of the movie." Well, I really, I mean, because I know I saw it when it came out. I know I saw it when I bought the DVD. And I'm fairly certain I watched it one more time after that, and then this time. So maximum four, maybe only three. Maybe this is it might be the only third time I've seen it. Okay. I, I remember this being popular on TV, so I feel like it was something I I have seen a lot. Um, I was really excited when this movie came out. Like it was right at the end of my junior year of high school, so I was like really into the, to the movies at this time. And I definitely saw it opening night with a bunch of my friends, including LPJ's brother. I know he was there when we saw this. Actually, you know um, what? Did we all go? Because we're like you and Matt at the same showing as I have a vague recollection that we might have all been there at the exact same time seeing this. I mean, I wouldn't, wait, wait, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, probably our different groups of friends were probably there. I mean, I remember it was at AMC 20 in Livonia. Yeah, yeah I mean, where it no, was. Where it was. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a good chance. Yeah, let's that, that let's was just say we were all at the same screen. Sure. Who knows? We were. We held hands. There we, we go. We held hands and talked about a podcast we were going to make in the future. That's exactly right. Yeah. Eighteen years later. Yep. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> 
So, but no, like I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first movie as a kid and, and I was very hyped up for, for the second one to come out. I remember, uh, the trailer, um, you know, leading up to it and all that good advertising. Cause obviously, you know, we still weren't in the MCU universe yet, but obviously this was, you know, the spawning of bringing back these comic book movies, you know, after blade and the first X-Men and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so some of the other numbers on this, um, budget is $110 million, uh, domestic gross, 214 million and worldwide 407 million, which is a lot of money. But I think, I, I think I was expecting a bigger domestic gross. Yeah, like me too. based on the budget. I mean, it obviously it made money, but I, I was a little surprised on that. Um, now this is interesting. This is the first time I think this has happened since I've been looking these up. The rotten tomatoes is 85% and the audience score is also 85%. So it's right across the board. Right. Yeah. First time. Um, now, top grossing movies of 2003. Uh, number one is Lord of the Rings, Return yeah. of the King. Number two is Finding Nemo. And number three is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. God, I remember that uh, one huge. Yes. X2 yeah. uh, came in six on the year. And other movies that we have done uh, from 2003 on the podcast are number 35, Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> and... <laughs> And number sixty-three, the rundown. So not a, not a year we've hit a lot. So got it. Yep. Uh, do you so pass now or for taglines? <laughs> we can do taglines real quick. Uh, there are seven of them. So <laughs> I, I hope oh, yes. I, I hope they're wordy. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are. One I of hope them, there are eight sentences that explain the plot of the movie. <laughs> one of them is this title. Like one of them is just X Men United. So maybe it started off as a tagline and then became the name of the movie, kind of like LBJ was saying when it got released to DVD. I don't know. Um, but the time has come for those who are different to stand united. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for the return of the evolution. No thanks. Yeah, I don't like that one. Similar. Evolution continues. <laughs> All right. Sounds, sounds super lazy. The ones we fear most will be all that can save us again. That's not bad. I mean, it's not uh, really a tagline. I, I, also, I would argue that they don't really save us because Stryker's plan is to kill all the mutants and not the normal people. So they really just save themselves in a way. But anyways. In this worldwide conspiracy, the only thing you can count on is the X factor. <laughs> uh, I, I do not know. No, thank you. That is terrible. I couldn't even, I couldn't even finish that one. I don't, I don't like that one at all. No. First, they were fighting for acceptance. Now they're battling for survival. I don't mind that uh, one. All right. I'm okay with that I'm one. Not, yeah, not great, but you know, are any of these great? Have no. we ever gone to a tagline and been like, "That's a good tagline"? I don't think we have. I think there was one for <laughs> three hundred that was really good. Yeah, maybe. I feel like it's it's uh, very rare. <laughs> I think it might have been tonight we die to hell, <laughs> which really doesn't relate to the movie. No, but, but it's sweet. <laughs> that's you're not wrong. Really, that should be the tagline for every action movie we do. 
Uh, anyway. Oh, was that it? Was that the tagline? <laughs> that was, that was, that that was all seven. I lost count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Maybe before cast, we can talk about like writers and uh, director and all that. I think we usually try to do that first. So. Sure. All right. Well, let's not, not talk about Brian Singer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, we don't want to say a lot about it, but it is the return of Brian Singer, right? So we've got him there. Um, our writers... I have down our David Hayter and Zach Penn. Uh, and Zach Penn is a name that we have talked about previously on the show. He helped co-write with Shane Black, Last Action Hero, right? Kind of what our name is based on. Uh, he also helped co-write The Avengers with, uh, that's Whedon, right? That helped out with that. Yeah. And then uh, most recently, he he co-wrote Ready Player One he's with a, Ernst Klein. He's done an incredible amount of stuff. Like, oh yeah! If you look at his look at his filmography, it's huge. Like, and it's all it, for the most part is all like uh, uh, superhero and sci-fi um, movies. Yeah, uh, same thing from David Hayter, from what I remember reading, and uh, apparently. So well, I have something about David Hayter. You know what he's also famous for. Doesn't no, he also I mean, act? He acts, but also he's the voice of Snake in all the Metal Gear games, with the exception of like one of them. I'm like, whatever you say, no. you know what else he's famous for? Like, obviously we don't. Like, <laughs> you know we don't when you ask us. I kind of like that one though, because I like I like Snake in yeah. Metal Gear. Yep. So, so apparently. Uh, with the success of the first movie, they like immediately started some production, pre-production and all that, like right after it came out. And that included writing the sequel. So from what I got down, Hader and Penn actually wrote separate scripts. And then they took the best of what they had to combine one combined script. And then from there, they brought in Michael Daugherty and Dan Harris and then rewrote that script. Um, which was like February of 2002. And apparently throughout the, the rest of the saga, there were quite a few rewrites happening. There was a lot of talk about adding even more mutants. There was a lot of talk about adding additional scenes that actually get used in the third movie. Like, I don't know if you guys saw, yeah. like they cut out a whole scene about Sentinels and, and the danger room and all that, which we see in the beginning of the third movie. Right. There was also, they were going to introduce Angel and Beast, which we kind of get a tease of Beast in this movie, which I didn't notice until the last time I watched it, that he was being interviewed on the TV at the bar. I remember being really disappointed that he didn't show up in a larger fashion when I was watching this. And, yeah, and I, remember really, I remember being really, I remember being really disappointed when he did show up in the third one. <laughs> how dare, how dare you speak bad of Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, I thought it was horrible. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, just a lot going on. I also had there was a huge chunk. They they had a lot more scenes with the brainwashing going on of Professor Xavier mm -hmm. and Cyclops. Yep. and that's one thing I kind of noticed. Actually, I've I've noticed it in all of the X Men movies. Um, James Martin really gets short, gets the short stick on all of these movies, right? Cyclops is not, he is a secondary or even a third level character in all I of would, these movies. I would say the first one, he has a little more to do, but it is, I did notice this yep. viewing through. I'm like, he really doesn't 
do much in this movie. Like he is not a factor in it. There, there's a large stretch of this movie where he's not in it at all. And so it is like, yeah, he is really like not, but, and that never really occurred to me. But like after this viewing, I was like, well, dang, I was like, James Marsden doesn't do much in this movie at all. You know, and that's, and that's kind of, it's kind of the Wolverine effect. I mean, because he became such a popular character, it really, he really steals the spotlight from everybody. And it's the same way in the comics. I mean, look in, look in the early 2000s to now, how many comics and groups does Wolverine appear in or did appear in? He was in the Avengers. He was in the new Avengers. He was in the X-Men. He had his own book. He was in X-Force. He was an X-Factor at one point. He, he had, he was in like, 12 or 13 different books at one point and um and and they still didn't think he was overused. So, you know, I think that's kind of what it is. You take the coolest anti-hero and it sort of diminishes the all-American, you know, white bread hero. Well, also not only that, that one of the things that I saw was that they actually like one of the rewrites they did in the script was cuz like while they were making it uh, Halle Berry won her Oscar, yeah. so they uh-huh. wrote the movie to give make give her a bigger part and make her more into the plot, which I mean makes sense. So again, if you're giving Storm more screen time, you got to take it away from somewhere. So yep, yeah, yeah. He just really got kind of hosed, to be honest. But 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 you're both right. It was kind of this perfect set of events, and that Wolverine honestly is a more interesting character, and at the same time, like Halle Berry was was the star at the time so and not only that i mean like hugh jackman is synonymous with being wolverine like there has i don't know how well well, there's been a lot of really great casting lately but back then he was like an unknown the perfect person to play wolverine well no i think you're right but also like this is the second one so i don't think it's as i you know, he goes on to play it like what 10 more times or something insane like that. So yes, it was great casting and he's good in that first movie, but I think this is before, you know, you know, it's not like the fifth time he played it when he's like, there's no one else who's Wolverine, you know, like I still think this is, I think this is the movie that kind of solidifies him at, in the role, you know, that's fair. Oh yeah. I'll give you that. Like, I think he has, I think he has a lot more to do in this movie. And I think the story is mainly his origin. You know, that's a huge part of this overall movie. Like we're not learning about the origin of Cyclops. Like we, we don't really care to be honest. He's kind of, he's kind of the white bread, right? But, but Wolverine's story, which were hinted at in the first movie comes to fruition in this film. Fruition. And, (laughs) Realistically, if you look at all of the all of the X Men movies across the board, he's the through line, and really, mm-hmm. his story is the through line in all of the films. It's not oh, yeah. Cyclops, it's not Gene, it's not Professor X, it's Wolverine. It's basically you might as well call these Wolverine and the X Men, and they're all about him in some capacity. That's true. If if he's in it, he is the major figure in it. I totally agree. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And then the only other thing I had is that it's produced by Lauren uh, Schuler Donner, uh, who does all the X-Men movies um, and the spinoffs, obviously married to Richard Donner. And then also Ralph Winner, 
who has also done all the X-Men movies, has done the Fantastic Four movies, and then also did a bunch of the OG Star Trek movies, LPJ. I knew I had caught that name before. So, (laughs) Joe, there's your Star Trek reference for the episode. Uh, I I would just want to point out that I I read this fact, and I know we talked about it before, but it's always fascinating to me the thing that there was like, for a long time, like every time an X-Men movie came out was also when a uh, Fast and Furious movie came yes. out. Like, remember, they're, yeah. they're like on the same schedule and they're like every, like until like a certain point. But there's like a good like five or six of them that like every the year that they came out was the same year. So um, I always like seeing that. So uh, let's talk about the cast real quick. Uh, we've talked about some of it already. Um, so we got Patrick Stewart uh, playing Professor X again. I love him as Professor X. Yeah. Like he is... He's really good in it. I do too. Like I wasn't, I wasn't there for the first movie, but I, he he just nails that part. He does such a good job in it. Overall. Oh yeah, hundred so. um, percent. And obviously, we mentioned Hugh Jackman as Wolverine already. Uh, Sir Ian McKellen as Magneto. I, I like him in this. Great as Magneto. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I I like I like him in this movie. I feel like he's got again. Like this movie to me is just like like a level up from the first one. Cause I feel like most people minus Cyclops have a lot more to do in this movie, you know, uh, oh, yeah. included, uh, Halle Berry as storm. We talked about that. Uh, Famke Jansen as Jean gray, uh, James Marsden. We already mentioned as Cyclops, uh, Anna Paquin as rogue, uh, Rebecca Romaine as mystique, uh, a, a welcome addition to the cast, uh, Brian Cox, yep. uh, playing William Stryker. I, Brian Cox is great in this movie. Like he's great he, in everything. That's yeah. true. That's like, true. I, there are scenes in this movie. He steals the show. Like yes. he acts as an amazing villain. Like yeah. amazing. Like <laughs> his his anger towards mutants and and what Xavier does, you know, or doesn't do rather for his son. Like you feel it. Yep. And and for superhero movies of this time. Like to get that emotional is something that doesn't really happen. Like that first movie, there was no emotion in that movie at all. It was just kind of good comic book fun. But this one, like you definitely, to an extent, understand like why he's doing what he's doing. Obviously, it is insane what he's doing, but there there is a justification there to a level, right? Right. And this, uh, I mean, the character in a lot of this plot is pulled directly from uh, God Loves, Man Kills, which is like a very famous X-Men graphic novel that was written by Chris Claremont, who's the most famous X-Men writer of all time. Basically, anything you know about the X-Men is probably created by Chris Claremont. And this was, you know, 1982. But I mean, he's a character in the movie. That's where Stryker comes from. But in that, he's like more of like a like a like a preacher, like a he's like a Baptist like preacher. A, yeah, but still, a lot of the elements from that are drawn. But uh, yeah, like Brian Cox, you're right; he does steal this movie uh, with his performance. So um, in the in the comic, sorry not to no go ahead. Know, interrupt again. But in the comic, it, so he's not related to being in the military at all. Then no, mm-hmm. oh no. okay, that's and that, that wasn't added that. until this until the and then that well and then his his character. Obviously, different different actors play him throughout the different films, but his character yeah. is the other one that kind of carries over through a bunch of the different films. Yeah, I, I remember seeing he's in two of the new trilogy movies, if I remember right. So yeah, because they they kind of try to repeat the same plot in one of those newer sure. trilogies, if I remember. Is that the apocalypse one? I feel like they tried to go through the whole 
He's trying to demutinize the mutants again. Anyway, we're not talking about that movie. Sorry. <laughs> um, Keep going the on. Other, the other people I want to mention, uh, Alan Cumming playing Nightcrawler. Um, Kelly Hu as, what is, they call her uh, Eureka or Lady, Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, I don't think they call her Lady Deathstrike. But, um, and, and then, I mean, like Sean Ashmore as Iceman Bobby Drake. I don't know if there's anyone else. LBJ that I didn't mention that you want to bring up or no, believe it or not. I don't have any crazy. <laughs> I don't have any crazy, uh, you know, people to bring up. I normally I do, but this time not so much. Okay. Aaron Stanford was pyro. I mean, that was a, he's relatively a bigger character in the film. That's the only other one I was looking at. Okay. So I have a lot of net worth. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to power through them. Like, I'm just going to read them off. You guys give me your guess. I'll tell you. Okay. You guys ready? Yes. Rebecca Romaine. 12. Eight. $20 million. Uh, Famke Jansen. Mm, five. Eight. Come on, guys. That sweet golden eye money. 20 million. Oh, all right. Uh, James, James Marsden. That sweet, sweet Sonic the Hedgehog money. Oh, you're right. You're right. 20 million. I was going to say, I'll, I'll say 25. 10 million. Uh, <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen. Ooh, he's got that sweet, sweet. Uh... Gandalf money. Oh. He's making, like, I'll say 80. Uh, I'm going to say 75. Guys are close. 60 million. Uh, Halle Berry. 120. Oh, come on. She's got that swordfish money. Um, <laughs> One, what are we gonna do? Catwoman money. One thirty. Uh, Ninety million. Uh, Brian Cox. All that born identity money. I'll say twenty-five. He was in a comedy too, but I can't think of what it is now, so I can't. Super Troopers. Up. Super Troopers. Yeah, there it is. He's got the Super Troopers money. Sixty. Ten million. Oh, we're shooting Brian really Cox. high. Alan Cummings. Five. Seven. Five million. Oh, look at that. Uh, Anna Paquin, all that sweet, sweet true blood money. You know she's won an Oscar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, uh, for a really creepy movie that I read, The Piano. Uh, anyway, I'll say twelve. Thirteen. <laughs> you guys are so close. Fourteen million. <laughs> oh yeah. damn! Price rules. Patrick Stewart. Uh, hundred and fifty. Yeah, uh, 120. 70 million. Oh, Patrick. 70, okay, 70 million. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's okay. Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, okay, finally, last one. We've, we've covered it before, I believe. But, uh, well, obviously we have. Uh, Hugh Jackman. What do you guys think for Hugh Jackman? I'll give him 150. 120. 180 million dollars. So. Good for him. <laughs> he's got all that sweet, sweet Van Helsing. There it is. He's that Van Helsing. He also has that sweet, sweet swordfish money. He, he, that's true. He's oh, probably God. locked in for three more Wolverine movies, too. We just don't know it yet. <laughs> um, but that Zombie is Wolverine. Up. It's going to combine Van Helsing and Wolverine together. Well, That the, would actually be a curse. They, 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 already, they already did that. It was There's called Marvel. So he's going to sing some songs, too. It's called Marvel Zombies. They've already done that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> All um, right. Anything that anybody wants to mention before we kind of go through the plot of we this? We hit the music. Oh, yeah, that's yes. right. So music is we love uh, that theme song. written by John Ottman. Um, and, uh, well, here it is. Here's the theme <laughs> for the X-Men. 
That's it. It just kind of stops right there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize it just kind of ends. But that's it. It's done. It's done. I still love it. Yeah, great theme. Um, do you guys? Before we get into the plot, do you want to hear my uh, couple of Van Helsing related facts now or after we get through the plot? Let's do it now. Yeah. Okay. So here's my first Van Helsing re- related fact: is the the final scene that they shot of the movie when they were in like the X Mansion. They actually had to film that in London uh, because Hugh Jackman was already there filming Van Helsing. And they say, if you note, you can look and see, notice his hair seems like extra poofy, like Wolverine spiky. It's because he had to wear a wig because he already cut his hair for Van Helsing. Other Van Helsing fact I found out is that after this movie was done, they offered him the part of Frank Castle in the, what went on to be the Thomas Jane Punisher, but he turned it down to make Van Helsing. Good decision. I don't know. Neither of those is I like, you know, that I like the Thomas Jane Punisher, but neither of them is necessarily considered great movies. So, well, you know, I like Thomas Jane as the Punisher. Okay. So, yeah, I, I can't see, I I mean, honestly, Hugh Jackman is the Wolverine to me, so it's hard to see him in other roles. It would have been weird had he been Wolverine and the Punisher. That would have been very odd. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't thinking of it. I don't like it, but you know, who knows? So speaking of the plot, can I just say that my first note I wrote down is, I thought this was called X2. X <laughs> We already established that, Hovercraft Joe. We already established that. I know, but it's just funny that it was my note. Um, yeah. This movie, this opening scene is still awesome. Oh, God, and it, it holds like, up yes, so it well. Is. It, it absolutely it's, holds up. It's it, And it's Nightcrawler, like, you know, making his way through the, the White House to the Oval Office to try and kill the president. But it's just like it's shot so well. And it's such a sweet showcase of his powers, his teleportation powers that it's still really good. It's yeah. probably one of like one of two sequences in this movie that are just still legitimately great. Oh, yeah. I, I that that was my first note from this movie is, holy shit, this is still really cool. And, and I remember how big of a deal it was in the movie. Like, you know, when, when this was the opening scene, like the theater was just like in awe, you know, just silent because it was so cool special effects wise, right? Like combining the fast to the slow-mo and then, yeah, just how he's like picking people off and dropping people and yeah, it's so it's, well done. It's, it's yeah, it's it's an awesome scene, a, a great way to start the movie. And like you said, it, it holds up. It still is. The only thing I don't like about it is like his weird like human like makeup face paint that he's wearing. Like it, it's just a weird 
if he was just gonna like teleport all around the place anyways like why bother with it but the thing um, I found weird too and, and this was something I noticed this time around is this is kind of it for Nightcrawler right like throughout the rest of the movie he is he's a lot more minor of a character than I remember yeah did you guys feel the same way like he really besides sneaking into walls and then saving Rogue you know when she's falling from the sky like his job's done. He's not really involved in, in any other scenes besides being found. I, I agree to, I agree to a certain extent. I mean, one of the problems with any X-Men movie in general is that there's just so many yes. characters in it. Look at the third oh, film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's hard to figure out who, like we said, like Cyclops under use in this movie. So it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, there's a lot going on. And I would say, Obviously, we'll get further into it. This movie handles it probably better than some of the other ones. But anyways, so he's there. And, and, and his goal is, to, is he there to kill the president? Like, that's his goal yes. is to kill the president. His goal was to kill succeed. the president, yes. Okay, because he's got that knife and it has a thing on it that says, like, uh, mutant, mutant. Freedom for mutants or whatever it is. Yes, anyways. So, but he doesn't succeed because, like, at the last moment, he gets, like, winged in the shoulder by a Secret Service agent. Right. Which, um, real quick, just to play devil's advocate, couldn't he just have, like, appeared in front of the president and stabbed him? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but then you wouldn't I mean, get that cool I mean, he, he, That's true. I mean, he did that the entire time, but then at the very end, he decides to slowly kill the president? Well, I mean, also, like, let's not get too bogged down on it, because, like, I could say, like, in the comics, like, Nightcrawler, like, he can only do so much teleportation. It, like, takes a lot out of him, and he does so much teleportation in that scene or I feel like he, he would probably, like, pass out. But anyways. Uh, the no, next, I'm, I did not know that, so I'm happy. Yeah, to no, it me. takes a lot out of him. I think, like, he's learned to use his powers better, but, like, that's a lot of teleportation, so I feel like that... Anyways. Uh, is so it, well, the, hold on. I'm not, I'm not done okay. yet. All right. <laughs> is it true, too, then, in the comics, that he has to see where he's going or where he's been, or was that made up for the movie? No, that's 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 fairly true. Like, a blind jump is, like... I mean, he could do it. It's not like his powers prevent him from doing it. It's just like a blind jump. If you're teleporting to some place you don't know the surroundings, you could end up in a wrong spot. So that no, that's that's accurate. That's not just like a made up. Um, so the next thing is we get Wolverine. He's up at Alkali Lake in Canada. It's kind of where Xavier told him to check out at the end of the first movie. Um, I have a note that says, "Do you think Wolverine's healing factor prevents him from getting cold?" Well, no. see, you know, and that's the crazy Maybe? thing with Wolverine's healing factor. Because he still feels pain and stuff. He does. He just healed. In the context of the comics, it's always as powerful as they need it to be to tell the story. In the context well, of the movies, they don't really define it very well. Well, that's true, too. Like, early on, Wolverine was like, oh, I got hurt, and eventually I'll heal. And then it was like, well, I can get, like, ripped in half, and I can just grow, like, another part of my body. So yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Um, so anyway, I'm so gonna say, said, I'm going to say no, he, he, <laughs> he doesn't feel the cold. He wasn't shivering in the scene. So That's I'm going to say, no. why is he wearing a jacket? <laughs> Cause then he'd look out of place. 
they did say it was that classic thing that comes up in a lot of movies recovery where they went to Canada to film this because they're like, there'll be a lot of snow. And then they got there and there was no okay. snow. So they had to make fake snow for the scene. Um, but anyway, so he goes there and it looks like it's, you know, there's nothing left at the facility. It's all like tore up or whatever. So he's like, great. Uh, the next scene is, uh, I guess it's like they're taking the Xavier Mutants. It's a field trip and apparently Storm's the tour guide. She's telling all about the exhibits in the museum. I don't know. It's very confusing. Uh, there's kind of a kerfuffle where uh, Pyro uses his powers against these jerky guys. And then when Professor X freezes everyone in place, I have a question about this. Is he just like in, in using his mind to just like make them stop moving and freeze? Like that's what's happening. Like it's like a mental thing. Like oh, yeah, that's strong. So. Okay. Cause I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Um, also those kids are trying to light up a cigarette and I have a note that's like, can you smoke in a museum? <laughs> I mean, even in 2003, I didn't think you could do that. I wouldn't um, think so, but <laughs> so anyways, uh, with the next scene, we're introduced to, uh, Colonel William Stryker. Uh, he's meeting with the president. He basically is wants authorization to, uh, attack the Xavier school. Um, and he's uh, there like, with the senator. He's there with Senator Kennedy, yes, who we know, or Kelly, Senator Kelly, Kelly, Kelly yes. who we we know is Mystique. So obviously, like you know, I guess this is where knowing the first movie does play a role because obviously, Mystique finding out this information that Stryker wants to attack, you know, Xavier's school, you know, is a big deal. So right, and I would say that's almost secondary because she's really interested in finding out where Magneto is because he's been sure. captured since the end of the first film. So she's really interested in finding out when when she finds out that they got the intel from him. She's like, oh, can I see him? Can I visit him? And all this stuff. But um, so, but he ends up getting permission. I like that when they show like the uh, when he when he tells him he's like that that place is a school. And he's like, oh, I don't know a lot of schools that have jets that come up from the basketball court. It's like the, uh, yeah, it's like the, you can, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so <laughs> my next note says, what happened to Storm's accent from the first film? Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, she was using like a very like intense accent throughout the whole first film. And this time she's just like, I'm just going to use my normal voice because she cares. became an Oscar winner. She felt like she didn't need to do it anymore. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and we kind of get a little scene where Stryker visits Magneto, and that's where we learn that he's making him give him the information. We don't exactly know how yet. Um, I like when Wolverine comes back and he goes to talk to Professor. Professor's trying to find uh, Nightcrawler in Cerebro, but, yeah, he makes him put out the cigarette, the cigar, and he puts it out in his hand. It's just a little cool little thing where it yep. shows, like, the, so, uh, so badass. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So they basically they decide they're like, all right, uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on with the, the president who was getting assassinated. So uh, Cyclops and Professor are going to go visit Magneto. Gene and Storm, they're going to go try and find uh, Nightcrawler. And Wolverine's going to stay home and watch the school. This is also where I have a note, uh, LPJ, you'll appreciate this, where it says, remember how everyone on the X-Men knows how to fly a jet? Yeah, just they just know. <laughs> Also, I, I put down, shouldn't a professor know better than to have Wolverine watch the school? Like, couldn't you have picked any other member of the X-Men to do that job? Does he do a bad job watching the school then? He does not, but he wouldn't have been my first choice. <laughs> so um, Mystique breaks into Stryker's office. She finds out where they're holding Magneto. She also finds, like, the plans for Cerebro 2. And, you know, we're like, ah, that's weird. We don't really know what it is yet. Um, they track down Nightcrawler. 
Uh, he's in, he's hanging out in a church in Boston. That's like Nightcrawler's thing from the comics that he's like very religious. Yep. I think he even becomes a priest in the comics. That's correct. Uh, he's also, in case you didn't know, he's also German. They, he's yep. very German. Um, <laughs> he does have an accent in this movie, but it's not German. But it's yeah. German. It's, uh, it's Germanish. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Well, that, see, Alan Cummings that, speaks, speaks perfect German. Fluent German. Yeah, fluent German. I heard that's yeah, why but he he's got the Scottish, role. isn't he? Yeah, but he still he's speaks not. German. He still speaks German. So he knows how it sounds. Um, <laughs> I have a note. So they go uh, Wolverine, uh, not Wolverine, sorry, Cyclops and Xavier go to visit uh, Magneto. And I have a note that's like, in the X-Men comics, when they go out places, Cyclops wears like sunglasses and yep. like normal outfit. They go to see Magneto. He's still wearing his like battle visor. He's wearing like a big black trench coat. He's like he does not look like he's blending in. I, my note says that Cyclops' going outfit, going out outfit, is stupid. Well, maybe it's because they know they're gonna see Magneto, right? Like, does he really need to dress to impress at that point? <laughs> I, I fair. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so basically, while he's there, I like that scene when they, uh, um, when he, uh, uh, when they they gas him and they catch him while they're there. Yeah, I like that. Is that what Magneto's like? You should have killed me when you had the chance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's I, really I love. At, yeah, I love any scene where it's Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen together. Well, also, I mean, because there's they're such good friends in real life. You totally see it in the movie. You know? And also, I should say, I really like the, um, we haven't mentioned it, but like the cell that they're holding Magneto in is all like glass and plastic and stuff because they don't want any metal around him. And it's like suspended in the middle of a room. It's really cool. I like I like the yeah. visual of his cell that they keep him in. It, yeah. and, and, um, you know, and it makes perfect sense, too. Like, it yeah. doesn't seem over the top. Right. No, it seems very functional. Like, um, so then the next sequence is, is probably my second like big part of this movie that's awesome, which is when like Stryker's soldiers go to the school and yeah. try and get all the students. Like it is an awesome scene because it's like you finally get to see like Wolverine just like cut loose and he kills oh, yeah. a lot of people in the scene. He murders a lot of people, which is like true for the character, but it's just really fascinating to see it like. Did you see that the original cut? It's because of this scene. They originally had this movie rated R. Yeah. So oh, really? they had to they had to cut some of the scenes to make it PG thirteen because yeah. he was so gruesome. They had to, uh, they basically well, they had to cut away from him actually killing some people because they well, had yeah I mean good oh go ahead oh, they had ahead. more they had more shots of him like actually stabbing through people and showing it they had to cut away some of that. Yeah, it's brutal. Like in that first guy that he kills, like in the kitchen when he's like, Psst. "Oh yeah," it's yeah, it's a, uh, it's brutal. I also I wrote down in my notes. I said, "Is that Harry Potter changing the TV stations?" <laughs> Did you notice that kid. He yeah. looks just like him. And then I also love Wolverine when he asks Iceman, "Is there any beer here?" <laughs> he's like, "This is a school." He's like, "So that means no." <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. Um, but yeah, that whole sequence is cool. We also we get a little bit of Colossus in that scene. Yeah, yeah that was one of those things that you know because you see Kitty Pride show up. She like phases through a couple walls. You siren. get a, Siren. Yep, you get a couple like Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, it, we kind of skipped over it, and I'm not going to go through it because it's an insane list. But like when Mystique is going through Striker's files, yeah, and, I like, saw that all list. The, all the mutants that it lists, like all the names and stuff, it's like insane. Like. Like go go on uh, Internet Movie Database and there's like a 
very long. It, it's very interesting uh, to everyone listening. But um, so anyway, so he murders a lot of dudes, a lot of seemingly soldiers doing their job, right? Like, yeah, I was, like, I was like, these soldiers are just like they're part of the military. It's not like they're like private contractors. And but it, uh, I guess right, Wolverine doesn't know who they are, right? Wolverine's not a guy to ask questions first, well, right? you know, so. at, at the same time, <clears throat> you don't know if they're soldiers. They might be mercenaries. Because well, if he's too, doing illegal things, he's probably he probably has soldiers that he works with. Well, then why did he have to get permission from the president to attack the you school know, if he had his right. own private army? I take it back. They were just regular 9-to-5 soldiers. And they got now, murdered. And now their families are, you know, their children are orphaned. And uh, it's very sad. <laughs> Sorry well, to bring it down. It's a real, but anyway, real so, downer. Yeah, say, now. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way my wife interprets movies. Yeah. She feels so <laughs> upset when people die. I'm like, it's just the fucking movie. They're not really dead. But and you know, anyway. you know what? Probably some of those guys aren't dead now. They're just disfigured. They're probably still oh, alive. Yeah. You know, or you know, or my, they, our, our taxes are probably paying for their medical bills right now. Or you know what? I, I guarantee you, if Wolverine killed them. Some of them, their knife wounds, they probably died real slow, too, and painfully. It's probably Very horrible painful, deaths yeah. for some of them. Yeah. I lo- I love let, me, let me bring it down some more. Hold on. I love uh, that shot where he dives off the second floor yeah. and just, like, stabs a few guys. He's so loud. I don't know how he sneaks up on everyone. He screams every time he stabs someone. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Stryker knows. We find out that Stryker knows Wolverine. Wolverine obviously doesn't remember anything, but he like rem- he's like, hey, I know you. Um, did you see that that uh, that when they put up that ice barrier that that was actual yeah. like ice that they used? It weighed like thirty five hundred pounds. And I I assumed it was a uh, like plastic or something. Yeah, yeah, not real. But um, so they escape. I like that little bit where they're driving out in the car and they turn on the radio and it plays "Bye Bye Bye" by Insync. That always makes me chuckle. I don't know why. <laughs> Weird, but all right. <laughs> So, I just uh, like how they steal Cyclops' car. Just like in the first movie, he stole Cyclops' motorcycle. <laughs> um, so Stryker, one of the big things he was there for, not only to get the, the students, but he's also, he's stealing. He's like, take the parts of Cerebro we need. Um, then you get that cool scene where, well, cool, maybe not the word, but where Mystique, like, it drugs the guard and, like, stabs him full of, like, the liquid metal. Yep. Um, which, is, which is cool. Okay. It is cool. But here's my first question about X-Men powers. Uh-oh. How how does Magneto sense that there was iron in the security guard's body? Because he goes to deliver him food, and he's like, oh, I sent something's off. And then that's where he – I mean, it's a cool scene, right? Like, he rips the iron out of the security guard's body, and then, like, he transforms it so he can, like, glide away. I, but, have, a, I have a better question for you, but keep going. No, oh, go ahead. I just wonder okay. how, how he's able to determine it. The better question is, have you ever seen iron liquid at room temperature? I would assume it's probably boiling hot, so... But it's not going to stay I, that way. Yeah, wouldn't I, it get, like, super hard and then, like, be in him? And wouldn't iron be in the bloodstream? Like, can 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 Magneto separate blood from the iron in the blood? Well, I... I okay. I don't have an answer... <laughs> Let me try and feel these real quick. I don't have an answer for you, LBJ. Uh, I can try and say for Sphinx, I think that they do like kind of show in the comics that Magneto is able to feel like magnetic fields and stuff like that. Like he yes. can, 
he can like sense them and like his powers allow him to interact with them. So I believe that maybe he could tell if there was an extra amount of metal in your body. It's I, a stretch. I do. Yeah, I buy that to an extent. I'd also say he's in a pretty fucking weakened state at that point as well. So well, maybe too. that could have impacted him. It was just something I observed. And, and I'll say, too, we also find out at this point, I believe, how Stryker is able to kind of, like, resist the mutant powers, right? He's got, like, the the antidote or some well, sort of poison you know, that he puts on it, their back of their necks. Well, what it is is that we learned that Stryker's son is a mutant. He had yeah. sent him to Xavier, but he wanted, he wanted Xavier to cure him. And, like, Xavier's like, yeah, that's not what I do. But his son is able to basically, like, project images into people's minds so it's like a mental power that he has um and, and we learned that like it drove like striker's wife crazy and she killed herself but what i think we're doing is that he's somehow like extracting like some kind of form of a power and he's turning it into a liquid and that's what he's injecting into the mutants to be able to control them uh is that am i am i wrong about that lpj or no, is that like he's extract, yeah he's extracting like um like his brain fluid and like his spinal fluid, and he could turn that into a, like a mind control serum, essentially. And that's what he's using to to control. Well, to control, uh, like that he controls Nightcrawler, he controls, he controls up, Magneto, that, yeah, and Cyclops, Cyclops, Professor X. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I, I do have a note because this is a scene where, well, okay. Uh, Pyro, Iceman, Rogue, Wolverine, they escape. They're going to go to Bobby's house, which is in Boston. Uh, then we get the scene like you talked about where Magneto rips the metal out of the, which is a, is a really cool scene. It he is. rips the metal out. And then like, he makes like the little, it, it's really cool. I like it. I do have a note that says like, where does Magneto go to the bathroom in that cell? Cause I didn't see a toilet. That's a good question. Maybe he just pees through the bars. He's in a big pit. Yeah. Um, he just pulls his pants and sticks it right out through the wall. Maybe. So, <laughs> so um, maybe, he eats, maybe he eats a lot of iron too. And so he can like, no, never mind. I'll stop there. Yeah, 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 just, please yeah, please yeah. don't continue. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, in Boston, Bobby tells his parents that he's a mutant. They didn't know. Um, which, his, which is kind of interesting scene. Cause I, I took, you know, I looked at it throughout all the times I've watched this movie as simply being that, right? Like he's telling his parents that he's a mutant. But there's a lot of stuff online that says that they they made this scene to be very similar to when someone like, you know, is coming out to their parents well, for being gay thing. or whatever. Not only that, actually Ian McKellen rewrote the scene in order to make it more of an authentic coming out scene because, you know, he is gay and yeah. um and he wanted to kind of showcase what that's like. And so that's yeah. how he they he rewrote it. And honestly, I think it's a pretty powerful scene because yeah. obviously his parents reject him yes. and his yeah. brother's a total douchebag well, and calls well, the cop. Well, yeah, and it's got that like it's a it's a good scene, but I do it, I like when she's like and it's very true I think to how it would be like but when she's like have you tried not being a mutant like Yeah. Like it like it's it's a very you're right, it's done very well. So, um yeah, I, so, I actually really appreciated that scene this time around, like knowing that because sure. I mean, I don't did you, did you guys think of it that way when you first saw the film? I, not I, when I never first did. saw it. No. Yeah. So I just like how that is. I also like how Wolverine is asked, uh, what's he a professor of? And he says art. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. So the cops show up. Now, I have a question for you here. So Wolverine has claws out 
the cops show up and then there's that cop and he's pointing his gun and he's like, drop the knives. And Wolverine's like, I can't. But like, why doesn't he just retract his claws? Like he's like, he leaves them out the whole time. And then the cop shoots him in the head with the, he he points them at the cop. Like that's even worse. He he can retract them. I understand that he can't drop them, but he'd have went snick and they would have went back into his hand. I mean, not saying that that would have made the situation better, but he might not have got shot in the head. Um, So he gets shot in the head. Then Pyro uses his powers to just blow up a bunch of cop cars um uh it's it's a really kind of cool cool scene uh wolverine obviously that that he also i love when they show wolverine's powers close up because you see like the bullet just go yeah and like pop out of his head and the the wound close so uh storm and gene show up in the x-jet and they kind of all leave with them um (laughs) the jets are chasing him and then storm just makes like a bunch of tornadoes so this is my second x-men mutant question how does Storm's powers work? How does Storm create weather? It's her power. She can control the weather. She can control, you know, climates. Precipitation. How, and how, how, how does a human, you know, like so many of the other X-Men powers, like you're using the body to manipulate things and do stuff, right? But like, how do you manipulate weather? Well, how she's do you probably well, how does do you, do you understand sky? how different weather phenomena are created? Yeah, by patterns in the atmosphere. Well, how well, what, are the, what, she, what are those patterns she, caused by? They're caused by differences. Yeah, they're differences. They're caused by differences in pressures, in air pressure, moisture in the air. Um, it's even things like the gravitational pull of the Earth, how how it influences the tides and things like that. That's how all that stuff happens. Um, so she right. can so, control so all the of idea those is that she controls all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't think too I, hard into it. You know, I no, mean, like I, I understand what you're saying to a certain <laughs> extent, but also like, you know, like, like how does he shoot? I like blast out of his eyes or like, I mean, like you can't think too much into it, but yeah, I think that's, I, I think LPJ is right. She, she like influences the normal ways that weather is created. She's able to manipulate them to, raise pressure or lower pressure or like cool the air and do create these yeah. phenomena when she wants to. Yeah. Um, Sphinx, you've seen how long Wolverine's claws are, right? Yeah. Right. When he retracts them, how is he still able to bend his wrist? <laughs> Fantastic question. There you go. Um, so anyway, so like they're chasing him the jets and I have another question. Cause like, so she kind of gets the jets down, but like they're in this like, massive tornado and they fire missiles but somehow the missiles make it through the tornado uh and then hit the jet and like the jet's gonna crash but then magneto saves them with his uh magnetic powers magnetic powers obviously um we kind of get is the it reveal. just coincidence that magneto is right know. where the plane needs to crash or do you oh. think he was directing the plane to be right where he was I, but then I, how how would he know that the plane had got hit I by a missile I think that, well, okay, that that I don't really have an answer for, but like I assumed that they were headed back to the school and he had went to the school to tell them what was going on. And, you know, I mean, you're right to a certain extent. Um, so he was just walking in the middle of the forest. Doesn't even have like a car. All right, all right. <laughs> you know, what, what's Magneto and Mystique just hitchhiking their way back to uh, Xavier's can, mansion? Well, Magneto can fly. Like he can, like. Uh, Why was he flying? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So we learned that we learned the big plot of Stryker, which is he he's built this replica of Cerebro 
and he wants Magneto, not Magneto, Xavier to use it to kill all the mutants. Because we learned earlier that he can sense mutants, but if he focuses too hard on them, he would kill them. And that's what he wants uh, Xavier to do. And he's using his son's like powers to think, to trick Professor X into doing this. Um, we get kind of like a few setup scenes before the final battle. I, one thing I have a problem with in the, I think I talked about it in the first episode. LBJ obviously doesn't remember. I never really thought they did a good job of setting up the, um, like the Wolverine gene, like kind of romance in this. Like he doesn't like, he doesn't interact with her that much at all. Seemingly in the first movie or this one. So it's hard to believe that he's like, so in love with her. Like I just, like it's a more natural thing that they get to in the comic books, but in the movies it just does, it's like well we got to put it in because it's in the comics, but I just it doesn't work like it doesn't the time span doesn't work for me. No, I I one hundred percent agree. Um, I, also, I'll, I could, I'll honestly say for me it's right around this time of the movie that I felt like the pacing was getting slow, and the way that this movie is going to wrap up. I also have quite a few issues with, but we'll Good get point. there as, as they show can't, up. Can't, can't wait. Uh, I know. I know you're excited. <laughs> um, so anyways, I also have a note that says, it's, man, it's a good thing the X-Gen just has a bunch of tents that they keep in it for like when they need to stop and like <laughs> camp out. But anyways, um, I do, <laughs> I do like the line when they finally decide they're going to team up and try and stop Striker and they're in the jet. I, I don't know why I've always loved, I think it was in the trailer where Magneto's talking to Pyro, and or Pyro's like, oh, so you're the bad guy. And Magneto's like, is that what they say? <laughs> I remember that from the trailers for some reason. It always sticks out to me. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Um, that, was a, that was a very Irish uh, accent you had there. That, I was very, that, that, was, that was like Ian McKellen at the bar telling the story. <laughs> I, I also have a note because, like, there's a scene in there where they're like, I have a note where it says, uh, Mystique and Magneto are laughing at Rogue like a couple of catty bitches. They're, like, yeah. making, they're making fun of her because she's got, like, that streak in her hair from the first movie. And they're like, I love what you've done with your hair. <laughs> like, why, why is Magneto being so catty in the middle of this movie? It was, it Don't mind really me that I tried to murder you in the first movie, but whatever. I will have to say though, Rogue is my least liked person in this entire movie. Yeah, I, and I, I can find her very boring. Well, and yeah. I also don't really get the love interest there with Bobby either. It doesn't really do anything for me. But I think the problem is, is that Rogue is an interesting character. It's hard to do a rogue character without like the real origin of rogue, which is when right. she like accidentally permanently absorbed Captain Marvel's powers so she can fly and she's super strong and all this stuff. I mean, otherwise her power is kind of like yeah, it's, it's interesting, not- but it's like you also had to find an excuse where she's going to absorb everyone's powers, yeah. and without that, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, like so. I, I kind of agree with you. I don't. I don't really like her. You know, in these and movies. I think making her a kid in this is also not because she's not a kid in in the comics yeah. she's you know essentially the same age as the rest of the x-men so making right. her a kid yeah. in this she she's supposed to essentially take the place of like jubilee as far as her yes. relationship with wolverine yeah. goes and it and, just doesn't work it doesn't because i would say too that she has a really awkward relationship with wolverine too like i think <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's supposed yeah. to be like a father figure but that is not the vibe I get. I think she's in love with Wolverine 
as a child, and that's kind of weird. But <laughs> I mean, you're not 100 wrong. So they 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 I do like the scene. They send uh, Mystique to break into the because the the base is underground. They have to go through like this spillway that they're going to flood. Uh, I really like that because Mystique is kind of a badass in these movies. Like she oh, she yeah. does some cool stuff and. Um, I, I like I like when she's sliding through the door and she just like casually flicks them off as she's like sliding and stuff. So um, she breaks in, she lets everyone in. Uh, Wolverine is like, I gotta go after Striker. He doesn't say it; he just leaves to go after Striker. Uh, Cerebro two. Why does it look so janky? Like it looks like I don't know. I don't know. And why does it matter how the panels are? Yeah, why why did Magneto need to rearrange the fucking panels? What's the point of that? And and I know that he helped create it, but how would he really know exactly well, the, which panel no, goes where? There's no need to switch. I, I, listen, I will agree with you. There's no need for Magneto to switch the panels because Professor X, if he he just is like instead of concentrating on mutants, I'm concentrating on humans. Like there's, I don't understand why the panels would need to be flipped, and I do have that in my notes somewhere where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I also have in my notes here that for calling this movie X-Men United, they're never really united throughout the film. (laughs) This is the second time where there's three groups of mutants all doing their own thing. You know, Wolverine is trying to find Stryker. You got Jean with Storm. And then you got got Magneto with Mystique. There's a lot Storm going on. Night, Storm and Nightcrawler go to rescue the students. Jean goes with That's Magneto right. You're right. and Mystique. And she gets sidetracked because Cyclops finally shows back up in the movie. And he's brainwashed, so they fight yeah, a little there's, bit. There's, there's four different things going on all at the same time. It's like, this isn't United. They're all over the damn place. But anyway. Um, so, like, during their fight, his uh, optic beam accidentally messes up the dam, like, breaks the dam, so the dam's going to flood. Um, Wolverine has... Uh, <laughs> So there, I even know that there's so much ad- adamantium in this place. Like it's supposed to be a rare metal, and they just have like a big thing of it just like bubbling up. <laughs> like it's so, it's so random. Um, but I do like his fight with Lady Deathstrike. Like, yeah, I think it's really fight, good. Her fight is really cool. Like I don't know why, but I particularly love the scene where she's just like she's because her nails are like it's like her fingernails extend and they're all closed. But when she's just kind of like stabbing yeah, them like him. really yeah. quick, yeah. I really enjoy that scene. Um, I also like the scene when Magneto and Mystique find out where Cerebro 2 is, and he unpins all the grenades on all the soldiers. Yeah, I do have that. That's so awesome, because it's a bunch of, like, soldiers guarding the doors. Again, probably innocent soldiers, but anyways. And he just (laughs) uses his powers and pulls all the pins on the grenades that they're wearing, and they blow up. I do have that. That um, That is really cool. Um... And, and he ends up beating Lady Deathstrike because he, like, stabs her with that thing of antimantium and it, like, fills up her entire body and it, like, comes out of her eyeballs and stuff. And she's, like, sinks, like, rock solid. So that's Which pretty great. Is, was, was there that much adamantium there that there was it fills up her whole body? Like there was a lot. Well, I don't but know that necessarily it, even fills up her whole body. It just fills it up enough. It was coming out of her fucking eyeballs. Okay, her like can stab her in like the stomach, so it would have to get like. Anyways, so and that's where we get the scene that we discussed, where like Magneto switches the panels and tries to get Xavier to kill all humans. Um, I like Wolverine catches up with Striker, stabs him, calls him Bub, which is awesome because that's like a, a Wolverine catchphrase calling people Bub. Um, this is this is funny because we talked about it, but I said if Xavier can find the humans, 
why did Magneto need to switch the panels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but they end up, they, uh, P- Magneto leaves, Pyro leaves with them. That's kind of like, whatever, he's a bad guy now. Um, they're able to stop uh, Professor X from killing all the humans. Uh, they go in there and they can't see uh, Striker's son, but Storm like lowers the temperature so it's so cold that he eventually like breaks his vision that he has. But why why doesn't Jason try to stop Storm? What he he would have known at that point that someone was in there tampering with with the situation. Well, Maybe well, he I couldn't control he, two at the same time. Yeah, I think he was so Wouldn't focused you on then it, stop what you were doing to then kill Storm? Well, but then Professor X is free and Professor X can stop him. All right. I can kind of <laughs> see that, I guess. Um All right. Yeah, so anyway, so they stop Xavier from killing Look, the that, humans. Look, that, that is not the biggest problem of this movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they stop Xavier from killing the mutants, or the humans, sorry. They escape in the jet. Uh, the dam breaks, and they're all going to drown, but then Jean holds back the water so they can escape, but then she gets killed. Um, Why? Why? Can I just, I mean, we have to address it, right? None of, that, and that death is not necessary whatsoever well and not only that it's like all right so we got this we got it we got a telepath right we've also got somebody who can control the weather and a guy who can make ice let's send (laughs) out the telepath to stop the giant flood yeah right well it it, it seemed very forced to to have to do it that way and and i get it because the other thing i noticed during this rewatch that i i just didn't catch before is that there's several scenes that we get like hints of Jean becoming the Phoenix, right? right and that includes yeah. at the very, very end when she's about to die, right? But but it is. It's like it did not well, have to go that way. Well, and, okay. and like what you mentioned, Hovercraft Joe, like the way Wolverine handles himself after Jean's gone is like, really? Like you just wanted to bang her. Like well, I don't I don't really know if you wanted more out of her. But. I would say this. My only my only thing that say like I understand what you're saying. There's other people that could handle that, but she kind of sneaks out without telling them and does it, and then it's like too late to do anything else. So like no, I I hundred percent get what you're saying, but I think it's just like um, I, I don't know. That's how I would yeah. explain. But and anyways, well, to defend well, why to, didn't to defend the death? I can do that as well. Um, yeah. And- in the third, the intention of them in the third movie for them for the to have the third movie was always to do kind of the Phoenix saga. That was sort of their intention. The problem is they don't. In order for them to correctly set it up, it would have taken at least another well, yeah, movie to do it properly. Yeah, and so they her. had to get to that point faster than they normally would have, and this was the most convenient way to do so. It, uh, seemed, yeah, it seemed very rushed. And that's kind of my problem with this movie is that I feel like the first half of it is excellent. Like I really enjoy the first half of it, but then I just kind of feel like they rushed to get to the end. And for saying they rushed, it still is a two and a half hour movie. Like I just feel like they didn't target the right parts of the plot that they should have targeted. That's that's how I feel about it, and and unfortunately, it does give me a letdown at the end of the film. But I well, anyways, just to bring it up now. just to, just to wrap up the plot. So Gene Gene gets killed. Uh, they get away. They end up going to they go and talk to the president and basically like turn over the evidence about Stryker and like, hey, it's not our fault. 
Um, and then we, we kind of get some stuff at the school and like a gene voiceover and that's, that's the end of the movie. So well, one last thing, cause I wrote it in my notes. Why, why didn't Nightcrawler get Gene and then bring her back onto the jet? I think they explained that. Like there's a line about it. I can't remember why it doesn't. Uh, Are you sure? I, cause I, I wrote it down. I feel like if I heard something in the film, I would have caught it, but maybe not. Well, I mean, like, I guess, I guess the thinking would be like, are you saying like when she's underwater? Because like, how does no. he know where she is? He was right there. He's he's just underneath the. She's just underneath the jet. There's the answer. I have the answer because they say go get her, and he's like, she's not letting me. Like, she's somehow using her mental powers to prevent him from using his. Is what they say. So then couldn't she have also used her powers to escape safely? I don't. <laughs> if she can do that's just I'm just continuing to try to provide the argument that I just don't get why they killed her. I just don't. Because they wanted her to be dead so they could bring her yeah, back. And that's really what it is. It's, it's literally just and, a plot point. Exactly. And that's why I'm trying to address like that. It's what really rubs me the wrong way at the end of this movie. That's, so that's fair. I mean, it's a fair yeah. point. But that's again, there's nothing else. Why, why, did, why does why does why did Spock die at the end of uh, Wrath of Khan so they could bring him back in the next movie? Like, couldn't couldn't they have thought of a way? To, I mean, like, I understand what you're saying, Sphinx, but also it's like it's a plot point. They wanted to bring her back as the Phoenix in the third movie, so they had to kill her off. Like sometimes it happens in movies when they know they're going to make a sequel, so they kill a character off, and then so they can bring him back. Yeah. Like, there's lots of ways you could think of how to get them out of it, but it's like. Well, we want her to be dead at the end of the movie. You so, know, and, and again, and that's just an issue with them trying to do the Phoenix stuff. It's hard to do it right. And in fact, they have not. They tried twice and have not been able to. No, do I was going to say they, they haven't done it right. No, they have and, not and done and it I, right. And I, yeah, I don't think they handled it right. And I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that, like, I think it's like, yeah, they had to do something had, to get to that at, point. And at, that at a certain point, point, you had to be like, it's just a part of the plot that they wanted to get somewhere. Whether they whether they executed it well, I'll agree with you. They didn't. But I don't think it's a matter of like, well, why didn't they do this? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like you could do that for a lot of movies and pick apart like how the story goes. But I think it's just a function of getting where they want to get. Yeah, I guess it just seemed out. It just seemed off that that that's really it. It just didn't no. seem like it made sense. So that's, I, that's, no, that's, I'll, I'll let that's, it that's fair. <laughs> that's fine. No, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I think that they were just like, we got to have her dead for the next movie. So no <laughs> side of it. Um. Well, I already told you guys my Van Helsing facts, so I don't have that anymore. <laughs> I don't have uh, any uh, role reversals because essentially this film was already cast. Like, there is I no, don't know. The only one I, I saw. Oh, go ahead. The only one I saw was for Nightcrawler, but the intention was apparently always to have Alan coming, and then he couldn't do it, and then all of a sudden he could, and so they cast him. So. Oh, because I saw something that said that that they were like for a while they were considering Neil Patrick Harris to do it. Which I thought was weird, uh, but yeah. then they ultimately ended going up with uh, Alan Cumming because he has a flawless German accent. Not according to not according to Sphinx. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is all I had. Uh, you think we're ready to rate this? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. All right, who? Uh... Ooh, there's the button. There we go. There we go. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Go ahead. It's fine. All right. 
I, I mean, I enjoyed this movie a lot as a kid. I have seen it several times since. More than four, according to LPJ. Uh, I've seen it more than four times. But um, it, it is kind of what I said before. I, I kind of brought it up throughout the episode. Is, is I feel like the first half is incredible. I love Brian Cox's villain as Striker. Like, I, I like the way that they try to utilize it. But I feel like the movie drags near the end. And then there's just too many things going on at the end that I don't particularly like the direction that they took it. And as we just debated, like there's different ways it could have been done. I don't like the way they decided to take it. I think it's another classic example of a sequel that maybe bit off a little bit more than it could chew. Like, I think that there were some important, like there were some parts that I wish there was a little bit more about. Like, I wish we would have known a little bit more about Lady Deathstrike because I feel like that could have been kind of neat. Um, so I just feel like like where they put the direction of the second half of the movie, I I would have appreciated it a little bit different ways. Um, still, though, like I enjoy watching it. I like it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give it three and a half machine guns. Okay, I'll go. I'll go next. Okay. Um, I, I for whatever reason, I like this movie less the more I see it. Like. And I don't know if, and I think it's more of a function of me not liking the X-Men films as much as I used to. Um, and I also, as a comic book fan, I don't love the X-Men. I like Wolverine and I like certain characters, but the X-Men as a whole was never really my thing. Um, I think this movie is definitely good. I think it's worth a watch. And of the X-Men films, it's probably one of my favorites. Um, I really don't know what my favorite would be. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're right. It, 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 there's a lot going on with it. Um, and at one point, it is a little bit slow when, like, Xavier is in Cerebro 2. And, like, it just takes forever for them to get anywhere regarding Cerebro 2. Like, they're on that for way longer than they should be. And um, I don't know. I, I enjoy the movie, but... I don't even know where I want to rate this. I I want to say, <laughs> like, I don't want to say three, but. <sighs> join, join me three and a half. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? I, I'll, I'll say three and a half because I think it is. There's, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm a little, a little different from you guys. This, I, this to me is. I mean, obviously, there's there's a curve because there's some bad ones, but this is the to me the best of the Fox X Men movies is X Two. I mean, you could make a case for Days of Future Past, but I think this is a better movie. I think that they handled the amount of stuff going on in this movie well. I don't think that it's compared to some sequels. This movie, I don't think, is bogged down. I think they do a decent job with all the characters they have. Yes, yeah, some get shortchanged, but I don't think it's. I mean, just look at the third one as an example. There's characters well, that the have nothing terrible. to do with that. So, um, but I, I like this movie. I think it has some, I don't, I mean, I tend not to agree with you. I like the climax. I like the stuff that happens at the end of the movie. I think it works fine. Uh, and plus it opens with a great scene. It has that amazing scene in the middle. So this this is a movie that I do enjoy a lot. Uh, and like I said, it is my favorite of the action movies. So I'm going to give it four machine guns. So I'm not that far away from you guys, but I, I, I'll give it four. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad movie. No, I don't either. I, you know, I just, 
as kind of like LPJ, the more I watch it, the more I have issue with it. So, but I do feel like I would, I, we might need to go to snake court about you not liking this more than days of future past. Cause I love that movie. What's snake court. Yeah. I don't know what snake court is. Snake court is just court. I don't know why I, don't know why I use the word snake. I, I, I don't know why either. I, um, I just, it sounded cool. It's a, it's a different show. Different show. Different show. Could be. Um, it is. Yeah. I mean, well, show. we should do days of future past almost like we almost did it one time. And I have a full set of notes and then we didn't end up. Oh, being able yeah, to do it. Right. Is that, was that, was that right before the whole, yep. right uh, before uh, the whole pandemic? That was like that. We were going to record it. We we're doing a crossover episode. That's and it, it got canceled like at the last minute. So somewhere I have an entire set of notes for Days of Future Past. Yeah, I remember watching it now. Mm-hmm. But it didn't, yeah, I it didn't. first class and Days of Future Past. I think they are leaps and bounds above any of the other X Men movies, in my opinion. Oh, and Logan, if Logan counts as one. But I, I agree with you on Days of Future Past. I I think First Class does not hold up as well as you think it does. And I don't know when the last time you watched it is. I don't know why. I have some issues. I don't think it holds up as well. But that's. That is for another episode of the last. Episode that is podcast. true. So it's funny. It is funny though. I have to say though, sometimes when you talk about movies, I'm like, oh man, he's really gonna like, he's gonna give this movie a bad rating, and then you're like, that three and a half. I'm like, oh, that's basically where I was. <laughs> so I always like it when that happens. It kind of kind of cracks me up. That's right. I don't like to show all my cards at the end. <laughs> you know? uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, check us out at uh, GameZillaMedia.com. Uh, we got lots of podcasts on there. We got us. We got Noobs and Dragons. We got Legend of Retro. We got the Gamezilla podcast. Um, we got all kinds of stuff. Streamers. We got uh, anything you could possibly want entertainment-wise. We got. And uh, check us out on um, Discord. Go to GamezillaMedia.com. At the bottom of the page is a link to our Discord. We chat with people all the time, all day long. Uh, we see people <laughs> pop in and out all the time. They suggest movies. They suggest questions to us. We answer them as best we can, uh, and we love we love chatting with people. Uh, and then also, yeah, and, and I'll say shout out to our new Discord uh, member. Give me back my action movies. Uh, who's been talking with us uh, lately as well. And, of course, he has issues with my RoboCop rating, but, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm the, always the, willing to take that fight. The world has issues with your RoboCop rating. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we're also on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. You can check us out there. So, yeah. And Patreon. So, if, yeah, don't don't forget Patreon.com slash Media if you want to throw some money at us. We got a $1 tier. We got a $5 tier. We do an extra show called the post credit scene uh, where we talk about still action movies, but we just don't talk about a specific movie. We talk about pretty much stuff we want to talk about um, <laughs> involving movies in general. So yeah, be sure to check those out. Those are pretty fun when we record them. So we'd love to have you give those a listen and let us know how you feel. Awesome. Uh, anything else you guys want to plug? Uh, go back and listen to our, our original episode, our episode on the original X-Men. I should probably do that. Uh, I was going to say, are you telling our listeners to do that, or are you telling LPJ to do that? Both, both. Um, <laughs> LPJ, so he can remember that it happened, our listeners, so they can hear him sounding like Tone Loke and like on the verge of dying or something. Who, who knows? He might have had COVID at the time. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't even remember <laughs> it, so good on you, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, anyway, 
This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. What? We'll be back. <laughs>